What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Hello, live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is Tuesday, February the 7th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 796 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the uh, for the birthday game. Very excited about that, but joining me in less than 20 minutes uh, on our Spence Automotive guest line is our regular Tuesday guest. He's the news director of the Carteret County News Times and carolinacoastonline.com. He's our resident NBA expert, Richard Clark. We're going to talk to uh, him about, uh, man, it's Super Bowl week, so of course we're going to have to put a quarter in that machine and, and see who he's got in the Super Bowl this Sunday. But we're also going to talk Kyrie trade. We're going to talk, uh, man, uh, LeBron and uh, – not happy about uh, not getting Kyrie and uh, Brandon versus Reggie last week. A bunch of other stuff this morning. So very excited to be talking to Rich here, like I said, in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, in our second hour, in fact, he's going to be joining us towards the end of our first hour today uh, with uh, Rich and I. is going to be uh, We're going to be joined live and in color here in our plush, well-lit studio by the great Jacques Pasolek of Goeco Office Automation. Uh, he's our, I'd say, outside of Paul Whittington, he knows more about hockey, about NHL, than anybody that I know. We'll talk to him about that. We're also going to talk uh, local sports. Uh, we're going to get some uh, Super Bowl uh, talk in there with him, too. So it's going to be fun. That is in our second hour. But how about also in our second hour? It's Tuesday, so you know what that means. Tuesdays with Trez, uh, our weekly visit with Don Trez Styles from the University of North Carolina, sophomore forward for the Tar Heels. So very excited about that as he'll be joining us about five minutes into our second hour. And we're going to go a little bit shorter today, probably about 10 minutes or so with him today as uh, we look back at the Duke Carolina game. Man, they've got a big game tonight. Uh, not only in Durham uh, this past week uh, on Saturday, they visit Wake Forest. They go to Winston-Salem, visit Wake Forest tonight. So a huge game for them tonight, and then they're at home Saturday against a number, or I don't know what Clemson's ranked now. They may have fallen out. I'll, I'll have to see what their ranking is, but they're at home against uh, Clemson on Saturday. So, uh, man, just uh, a great show for you today. So how about that? Richard Clark here in the first hour. Uh, Jacques Passelik towards the end of the first hour, and then the whole second hour. And uh, Don Trez Styles there to uh, kick off the second hour with Tuesdays with Trez. So very, very excited about that. Uh, let's, uh, man, let's just, uh, I tell you what, before we uh, jump into all that, let me thank our good friends over at Lenore Community College. For almost 65 years, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, 
accessible and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And again, I say it every morning and, or every day, and I absolutely mean it. Thank you so much to Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of this here Brian Hank show. We really do truly appreciate them. We appreciate all our sponsors. They are day one sponsor, UNC Lenore Healthcare, another day one sponsor. Go Eco Office Automation. You're going to hear from our local rock star, Jacques Pasileg, here uh, on today's show. Another day one, uh, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Arendelle Parrot Academy, our other sponsors that have been with us since uh, we started on December the 2nd, 2019, and have been with us the whole ride. We truly, truly, like I said, do appreciate them. Uh, thank you to Down East Protection Systems, King's Restaurant, the Kinston Police Department, Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International, Rillo Discount Drugs, Lenore County Public Schools, uh, Lenore Tire and Appliance, Chick-fil-A of Kinston, and, of course, our good friends over at Granger Stadium and the Down East Wood Ducks, which that season, just right around the corner. That's just that's crazy to me. But let's jump into uh, how about last night, Reggie Bullock and the uh, Dallas Mavericks. They improved to 29 and 26. As you know, they got Kyrie Irving in, uh, in that trade uh, over the weekend, and he didn't play for him last night, and neither did Luka Doncic. And still, the Dallas Mavericks travel, go on the road, and win at Utah last night, 124 to 111. With, like I said, without Luka and Kyrie, it's amazing. Reggie started the game. He had 13 points, two rebounds, three assists, four steals, and a block shot in 34 minutes. I'm telling you, that's, that's called uh, getting your money's worth there. Uh, but congratulations, Reggie. Good game last night, and again, but they've got a crazy busy schedule. They are all continue this road trip. They're uh, in L.A. against the Clippers tomorrow night on Wednesday. That game will be on ESPN. It starts at 10 o'clock, and then uh, they'll be at Sacramento Friday and Saturday night, both those games also at 10 o'clock. So congratulations, like I said, again, to Reggie for a just great game last night. He and the Mavericks coming away with that win. They're now 29-26. and 26. They're in fifth place in the Western Conference. How about uh, Brandon and the New Orleans Pelicans? They uh, have won two in a row. They had lost 10 straight, but they won two in a row over the weekend. They're at home today versus Atlanta. That is at 730. And then they're on ESPN Friday night at home versus Cleveland at 10 o'clock. So, uh, man, how, how cool is that that Wednesday night you can watch Reggie on uh, ESPN at 10 o'clock. And then Friday, you can watch Brandon on ESPN against Cleveland, that also at 10 o'clock, so that's pretty cool. <coughs> uh, the Lenore Community College Lancers basketball team is wrapping up their regular season here over the next couple of weeks. They are off until Thursday, February the 16th. Uh, they're 3-20 and 20 right now. They'll play at Patrick and Henry. But the baseball team kicking off their 2023 season, uh, they uh, will... Uh, they have a scrimmage scheduled in Raleigh today versus William Peace. That is at four o'clock. And then they play, uh, Wednesday tomorrow at home versus Lewisburg. That game is at one 30. Going to do my best to be out there for that. Especially I I've said it for the last week or so, the last couple of weeks, uh, it's going to be a special season. You need to get out there, support the Lancers, uh, with, uh, what coach Smith has done with that 
team, I'm telling you, I just really feel like it's going to be a special season. You should get out there and support them. And like I said, I'm going to do my best to be out there tomorrow. And then they're at home in a doubleheader beginning at noon on Saturday versus Richard Bland. And then they uh, have a nine-inning affair at Richard Bland on Sunday. So, man, they are jumping right into the heat of it. Like I said, a scrimmage today uh, in Raleigh, a re- their first regular season game of the year uh, tomorrow at uh, versus Lewisburg. And then a three-game series uh, this weekend against Richard Bland. That's going to be exciting. Uh, we told you about uh, Dontrez Styles going to be joining us here in our second hour. Uh, they, tonight, play against uh, Wake Forest. That's at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, and then they're at home Saturday against Clemson. Now, Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon of Winston-Salem State, who are just having an amazing season. 16-5 and five overall. They're 8-4 and four in the CIAA's Southern Division. They are on a four-game winning streak. They've won six of their last seven games. Uh, now, the who was that one loss against in that six of the last seven games against Claflin from uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina? They are home against them Thursday at 8 p.m. And then they're at Fayetteville State at Junius Smith University Saturday at 4. And uh, we've already got our tickets for that. Uh, Hot Linda and I and... Uh, a good friend of ours, Judge Annette Turek, uh, we already have our tickets for that. We'll be traveling down to Fayetteville to check out that game on Saturday. Very excited about that. Damian Dunn and Temple, uh, they are 14-10 and 10 overall. They're 8-3 and three in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, they are at SMU Wednesday at 8 and then Sunday at noon. Uh, on Super Bowl Sunday at noon, they'll be taking on Memphis. That game will be on ESPN2. Uh, how about this? I uh, got a uh, Rujan Walters. And Greensboro College, the pride of Greensboro College, they are 10 and 11 overall. They're 5 and 5 in the USA South Athletic. Uh, their past game, they lost at William Peace up in Raleigh on Saturday, 69 to 58. Uh, Rujan came off the bench in that game. He had three rebounds and an assist. He had three uh, three point attempts, but missed all three of them. But uh, he's having a good season. He uh, is averaging right at four points a game. And uh, representing Kinston uh, on the Greensboro College roster, they play at Brevard today at 7, and then they're home against uh, North Carolina Wesleyan Saturday at 2 o'clock. Please forgive my voice. I don't know what in the world is going on here. It's been Anyway, here we go. Ashante Lynch in Maryland Eastern Shore. They have been off for a while, and they still don't play again until Saturday when they take on Norfolk State. Uh, they're... Uh, the Hawks of Maryland Eastern Shore and Ashante, they're 5-15 and 15 overall, 1-5 in the MEAC. Amaji Dodd and uh, Charleston Southern, Amaji from Green Central. Uh, they are at South Carolina Upstate Wednesday at 7, then they're home versus Ranford uh, Saturday at 5.30. They're 8-15 and 15 overall, they're 4-8 in the Big South. And then our two coaches in our area, Dory Hines and the University of Mount Olive, uh, who is 8-15 and 15 overall, they're 6-9 and nine in Conference Carolinas. They're at Chawan Wednesday at 7.30. Then they're home versus Lees McRae Saturday at 4. And then Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt. Uh, they are struggling a little bit right now, but uh, they did win their last game. They're 11-12 and 12 overall. They're 3-6. and six. They're home versus number 6, Tennessee, uh, tomorrow at 7. And then they're at Florida Saturday at 3.30, so a good chance for Vanderbilt to uh, put together a couple of back-to-back games uh, for uh, the Commodores and Coach Stack. Uh, prep basketball. Let's uh, get into this a little bit here. Uh, last night, how about this? Uh, a huge upset last night in uh, their conference tournament. The Parrot Academy boys last night win 49-44 to 
against John Paul II. Uh, I don't know what this what this means for state, but uh, good win for Parrot. It's their fourth win of the season. A huge upset, like I said, forty nine to forty four. They improved to four and eighteen overall, and uh, they live to play another day. Uh, the however, an upset on the girls' side of the tournament, though, as uh, Parrot lost to Wayne Christian forty six to thirty eight. The Patriots dropped to fifteen and eight, but you got to think uh, with that kind of record. They should be in the state tournament. We'll find out more about that uh, when the conference tournament is over. And then uh, other games last night in our neck, the Woods. Uh, Bethel was swept by uh, Liberty Christian out of Richlands. Uh, the boys and girls lost in those games. Uh, today's games, man, we have got some great ones today on the uh, prep basketball side. North Lenore is at South Lenore. Uh, the North Lenore girls are 10-9 and nine overall. They're 7-3. and three in the uh, East Central 2A, and the South North girls are 11-9 overall. They're 7-4, so this is for playoff seeding right here. Uh, if uh, North North wins that, it'll pro- pretty much lock them into the second slot. Well, not pretty much. It will lock them in uh, to the second slot in the uh, East Central 2A for the conference tournament that begins next week. If South North wins, it just uh, muddles everything up, which, you know, we like when things are muddled up because North North will be uh, home against Kinston on Thursday. Uh, on the boys' side, uh, North North's boys are 10-11 and 11 overall. They're 6-4 and four in the EC 2A. Uh, South North's boys are 4-13 and thir- bleh, four and thirteen overall. They're 2-11 and 11 in the East Central. Um South and North needs to win that. They need a win to uh, go into uh, next week's tournament. Not in last place. Uh, and I know uh, they, they are jockeying to try to stay out of last place. But uh, uh, that good games tonight, man. If you can get out to South and North and support uh, the Hawks and the Blue Devils, you're going to have a good time. And you know it's going to be rocking with the, the Mun Maniacs and the uh, Hawk Crazies out there at South and North tonight. Be, it doesn't matter what the team's records are. It doesn't matter what the team's records are. It's always a good game when North and North and South and North play each other. It's going to be a lot of fun. But how about over in the Eastern Plains 2A? Green Central is at Farmville Central tonight. This is uh, the, the last real challenge in the uh, Eastern Plains 2A for the Farmville Central boys. Green Central's boys are 19-4 and four overall. They're 10-1 and one in the Eastern Plains 2A. Yes, that one loss is to Farmville Central. And uh, Farmville Central is 20-1 and one overall. They're 10-0. and 0. And uh, come on, Green Central. Give them a game tonight. I'd, I'd love to see the uh, results from that and it be that Green Central's pulled off the upset. And it's definitely possible tonight, too. Uh, Blue Edwards done just such a great job with those Rams. But, again, uh, Green Central uh, at Farmville Central over on the girls' side should be a pretty competitive game. Green Central beat Farmville Central earlier this year in girls' basketball. A pretty good upset. And uh, they'll be trying to pull off the second one. The girls of uh, Green Central are 8-13 and 13 overall. They're 4-7 and seven in the Eastern Plains 2A. And the uh, Jaguar girls of Farmville Central are 12-7 and seven overall. And they are 7-3 and three in the EP2A. But, again, one of those losses against Green Central earlier this year. So a really good chance for uh, Green Central girls to make some more noise there and to improve their lot in the uh, in the conference tournament next week uh, the seating for that no games tomorrow and then thursday of course kinston at north and north that's going to be a big game uh boys and girls uh as you remember north and north cruised into kinston earlier this year and uh, pulled off the uh, double upset i don't know if it'd be upset on the girls side they're they're pretty evenly matched but uh that's going to be a lot of fun I, i'm i'm 
thinking about going out there. I know Jason Bryant's trying to get me to go out there. It's going to be broadcast here on 960thebull and 960thebull.com. And I'm really kind of thinking about going out there, but we'll see. We'll see as uh, Thursday gets closer here. Uh, the other games on Thursday, uh, Bethel. I tell you what, Bethel's playing a lot of games this week. Uh, they got swept last night by Liberty Christian. Thursday, they're at home against Wilson Christian. And then uh, Friday, they go to Durham to take on Hilltop Christian. So uh, three games this week for uh, Bethel Christian. And then uh, the other game uh, on Friday night is Aiden Grifton at Washington and that'll wrap up their regular season in Eastern Plains 2A. Uh, listen, you want to know where I got all that schedule from? Well, by golly, I went to encmoments.com. That's Junia Smith III's excellent website. I suggest you go there, too. It's uh, the best place to go for uh, local sports in uh, Eastern North Carolina, especially here in Kenston and Lenora County. So, Tell you what, let's get uh, Richard Clark up here on the line with us. But before we do that, let's thank uh, Spence Automotive. Uh, love us from Spence Automotive. It's where I get my car service. It's absolutely positively where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly in Big Lots, Spence Automotive is owned by my friend and local sports riding legend Keith Spence. It's open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car service and when you need new tires. And tell him the Brian Hanks Show sent you. And he is also the sponsor of our Spence Automotive guest line and joining me on our Spence Automotive guest line. I got to tell you, well, it's, let me tell you first, it's Richard Clark from uh, the Carteret County News Times, carolinacoastonline.com. He's the news director there. But more importantly, he's our resident NBA expert. And I wish I'd had a show going on Saturday, dude, because I wanted to call you Saturday and talk to you about the uh, Kyrie trade to uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And I mean, and it affects us right here in Eastern North Carolina with uh, Reggie playing for, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And, uh, well, first off, uh, I should say, welcome to the show this morning, my good friend, Richard Clark. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Dude, this trade, uh, I, I gotta tell you, I had heard Kyrie, uh, the biggest noise was coming from LA where it looked like that he would probably be going to the Lakers. And I mean, I remember listening to somebody, somebody over that last, uh, what Thursday, Friday of last week who said it was almost a, a certainty that, uh, that Kyrie was going to be going and rejoining, uh, LeBron, uh, in LA. But I, I guess from one to 10, one being the least surprised you could be in 10 being it knocked your socks off. How surprised were you that Kyrie ended up in Dallas? Uh, probably a seven and a half. Wow. Um, I was a little wow. bit surprised because, uh, I mean, at this point, being in the Kyrie business is, you know, it, it is what it is. But to be fair, Dallas is pretty desperate at this point to find some help for Luca. Uh, they've been sensitive to that subject for a while now. So I guess this was their big swing. I, I just don't see, and I hate to jump to the, to, to the chase here, Rich, but I mean, I can see where it'll help them in the backcourt, but they got rid of a couple of valuable pieces, which I, you knew they were going to have to, to get a player of Kyrie's stature, but dude, I just don't see how this helps. I mean, you've got a selfish player in Kyrie. You've got somebody that, I mean, I, I'm trying to think the nicest way to say this, a knucklehead, you know, I mean, just somebody who seems like he's more out for himself 
than he is out for the team concept. He did it in Boston. I mean, he left uh, Cleveland. He did it in Boston and self-destructed them. I mean, Brooklyn never did anything of what we thought they were going to do. I, just, just give us your overall Richard Clark analysis of Kyrie going to Dallas. Well, I, I, I'm, I stole this from Chris Vernon on one of his podcasts, and this was actually, I thought, the most adept uh, analogy to Kyrie. It's like that hot woman that's been married a couple times and burned <laughs> down the house, and and it's been awful. But and your friends are like, "Are you really gonna go with go out with her?" And you're like, "But she's hot," <laughs> and you know, and that's Kyrie. I mean, look, we we're lost in all this. Is when Kyrie played this year, he was outstanding, yeah. and the Nets' record when he played was outstanding. The problem is all the other stuff. I wouldn't get in the high Kyrie business if it was me. But, you know, from a basketball standpoint, Dallas was was desperate. They needed somebody to create some shots. They, You know, this is, as our guy always says, this is what happens. You blow a move, you make a mistake, and then you double down and make it worse. Um, they messed up letting Jalen Brunson walk for nothing. They let him walk. And now you're doubling down and you basically got the same player coming back. Although Kyrie's a better player, he's also more of a head case. So I just think this was a big swing that the best you can hope for is that Kyrie's on his best behavior for two months. Well, you know, sometimes I know guys that'll go out with a girl who uh, is pretty much an alcoholic and they'll crash their car with him in the car with them. But, I mean, I'm not trying to make it personal or anything, but uh, I think we both know people that have done that before, right? Because she's crazy hot, because she's crazy hot and smells like strawberries. Yeah, that's uh, that's a Kyrie analogy right there. <laughs> well, oh. there's no question. Hey, listen, and for the record, that is not meant towards my guest Richard Clark or anybody that we know personally, <laughs> right? That that was a complete made up scenario. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, Keith Spence joined in here, and he said uh, he sent me a message. Said, "Okay, you're going to love this dude. Kyrie will fall off the and in parentheses flat, um, parentheses Earth in Dallas." I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, well, again, that goes to the off-the-court stuff. And, you know, I, I think I think the worst-case scenario for this, which is probably more likely than the, the other, is that this is going to make Luca want to leave town quicker. Oh. You know, I, well, I, I, well let me – let's make it personal here. Like I said, for us here in eastern North Carolina, we both know Reggie, and Reggie is a consummate team guy – where do you think he factors in? And we'll be the only ones to give this analysis in, the, in America. We'll talk about Luca here in a second. But, hey, how does this affect – and I'm being sincere, Reggie. Uh, Reggie, uh, Richard, how does this affect Reggie? Well, let, something we're forgetting in all this is that the other players love Kyrie. That's true. They, they, they do. You can see it before the games and after the game. So, by all accounts, you know, maybe maybe it's good for Reggie. If you were just taking the, just the on-court stuff, it's fantastic for Reggie because there's going to be a lot of empty open shots now, a lot, because Kyrie can play. Make no mistake. It's, it's the other stuff that, that, gets, that clouds everything up. So from a basketball standpoint, it would be good for Reggie, I think. Well, here's how I think it's going to be better for him is that with the players that they traded, uh, those were yeah. players that were – you know that we're sharing time there with uh, with Reggie. I mean, and well, not really Spencer, one hundred percent, but Dorian Finney well, Smith for sure. Finney Smith, well, really Dinwiddie too, because they were really all playing that wing type position. 
uh, Dinwiddie a little bit more of the lead playmaker when he was in there. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it's just that log jam they had of guys that were all the same position, but none of them could do all of it. You know, so yeah. now Reggie's kind of de facto going to be the guy. So, well, and I love the thought of you know early in a game you've got Kyrie running the point. You've got well, I mean, heck, that's not even really true because Kyrie's probably going to play the two with Luca playing the point, right? But you know, Luca taking somebody down low, a double team comes in. What does he do? He'll kick it out to Reggie. Uh, Kyrie drives the lane. And who's one? And you said this yourself, dude. And I remember specifically you saying this. One of the best finishers of all time uh, was, yeah, was a Richard absolutely. Clark. Quote. But you know he's going to draw defenses when he drives in. Who's the beneficiary of that? If he gets double teamed when he drives in, he'll kick it out to Reggie. I really see, I, dude. I could see Reggie Again, scoring the next two or three points a game, right? Absolutely, from a basketball standpoint. And and what we're forgetting in all this is those times when there'll be one of them on the floor, him or Luca. Like whether Luca's out or Kyrie's out or somebody, you know, at that time of the game when you pull one of them and the other one's out, now you don't have that significant drop-off because Kyrie, make no mistake, is a, is a serious offensive basketball player. Uh, like he's a bucket getter, period. So now you have no drop-off there. So from a basketball standpoint, it could entirely help them. Um, so – you know, it's just the other stuff that really muddles the situation. Exactly. You know, I heard, I heard a, I heard some interesting stuff on that. You know, out of like two hundred and I think fifty odd games potential, that him and Durant only played seventy eight together. Wow! And of like a hundred and some games, Harden, Durant, and Kyrie only played like ten. Dude. That is crazy. Well, what happens now to Brooklyn? I mean, does this mean that Durant's out of Brooklyn? Well, we'll know in a week, won't we? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. When I is mean, the trade I don't know. I know the trade deadline is coming up. When is that coming Thursday. up? Okay. It's Thursday. But, you know, interestingly, Kevin's been really quiet. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, I will say from a team standpoint and a roster standpoint, I think this actually helps him. Um, they've got some guys that they might get some minutes out of to cover some of that Kyrie stuff, but it definitely makes them better defensively. So, you know, if you get Kevin Durant back, back all bets are off. Durant's like a great quarterback. He covers a lot of flaws. Yeah. So uh, I think from a roster standpoint, this makes Brooklyn better. The question is they got terrible injury luck. Um, you, you look at their roster and they can't never get everybody out there on the same time. Joe Harris and Seth Curry and – all those guys, Ben Simmons. I mean, does Ben Simmons even want to play basketball? Because yeah. it doesn't look like it to me. Um, so, you know, if they could get all their pieces, maybe they'd have something. I just can't believe. And again, that voice you listen to, you know it. It's Richard Clark. By the way, dude, you're going to love a couple of our birthday games coming up. And I like to lift the curtain here. And, you know, we, we pre record those uh, for the most part. We've had a couple of live ones, but. Uh, you, you're going to get to hear some quality John Dawson doing his best Richard Clark. Okay? <laughs> Dude, it's going to make you cry. So, I mean, it is so funny. It got me into a coughing attack. Okay. I mean, it, <laughs> the Richard Clark with the quiet storm. It's just, yeah, uh, anyway. it's awesome. <laughs> but here's what surprised me, Rich, is that I didn't know that you could trade 2029 draft picks dude i don't know let me look at my calendar here rich it's uh oh i don't know february the 7th 2023 so you can draft or you can trade draft picks 
six years away? I thought there was like a rule against that, Richard. Well, that 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 is the rule. Six years away, because uh, you know they were doing to. it. Okay, okay. Yeah, they, that is the rule. Because uh, there were teams that were doing stuff like that. And and I'm gonna tell you, if you really want to get in the weeds on something, start looking at what teams have in that war chest. Just individual teams, and it's pretty numbing because it's like they traded all their picks through 2029, but they have a pick pick swap here, and it's top ten protected there, and it is the most insane thing you've ever read trying to look at that stuff. Well, I'm telling you, dude, it is, uh, it is just, it's crazy to me. I mean, think about it, dude. And being realistic here, 2029, you don't even know if Brooklyn will still be in Brooklyn, <laughs> you know, or the Nets will still be there. <laughs> I mean, I, they probably will be, but it's just crazy. Think about six years ago, dude, 2017. Can you imagine you've got a trade or you've got a draft pick from something six years ago? Your team was a complete dude. Teams change from year to year, Richard, let alone six years from now. How bad is that Rudy Gobert deal going to look when they get to those last two draft picks and 2028 and so forth. That deal is going to look so bad at that point. It looks bad now, but it's going to look awful. For those that don't know, it's Minnesota trading for Rudy Gobert and giving up three players and five first-round picks or something like that. I think it's three first-round picks and two swaps, which amounts to five first-round picks. So that's going to look horrible when they get to the end of that deal. No joke, man. No joke. Again, that voice you're listening to is Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com, joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Shows. We are talking, uh, well, it's all been Kyrie, and I've still actually got a couple more questions about that. What is it? Let, let's uh, switch over to the Lakers, and I want to play. So tell me if you can hear this. It's straight from ESPN, and I credit ESPN for this, but it's uh, a very depressed-looking, uh, have you heard this uh, interview? It's only about a minute 12. Uh, but uh, him talking about uh, being disappointed that the Lakers didn't land Kyrie. Here we go. Well, well, definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus is shifted back to where it should be, and that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's a guys quick pivot, LeBron. It's a quick pivot. Quick pivot. It don't take me long. It don't take me long. I don't, I don't get too excited um, about the possibilities of things that can be. I, I, I kind of envision myself on what it can, but I don't I don't invest it all the way into it until I know what's happening. And And... When it does not happen, I, I'm, I'm back locked in on the job at hand. So, um, you know, we had an opportunity. Out there. Our, our names was out there. The Lakers' name was out there. We had an opportunity. Didn't happen. We move on and we, we, we uh, finish the season strong, try to, try to get a bid into the postseason where I feel um, if we go in healthy and we compete with anybody. Such a talent. So there you go, Rick. You could hear that, right? Right. Okay, very good. Uh, your thoughts, man. I mean, because, again, before this broke on, uh, I guess it was on Saturday that Kyrie was going to uh, Dallas. 
I mean, pretty much everyone had – they were just working out, okay, this is who the Lakers are going to send. This is what the deal is going to be. And then he ends up not going to uh, L.A. What does this mean for the Lakers? What does this mean uh, for uh, LeBron? Well, the Lakers are in a tough spot because they don't, they don't have any assets, and that's LeBron's fault. So I just don't know. I don't Honestly, I don't think LeBron was that upset. I don't think okay. he really wanted to play with Kyrie anyway. I mean, you're, you know, I think he would have liked to see them move Westbrook. But again, these are all LeBron mistakes. LeBron to GM. So I, I find it amusing that, that he would even address some of this stuff because the problems the Lakers have are his fault. I mean, they are. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what their next move is. They've got to get rid of the Westbrook contract before they do anything. So unless they can find a taker on that. I don't know what their move is. I really don't. Um, they should probably trade their picks that are pretty, going to be pretty high. Um, and they're hanging on to them like they're gold. But I don't know why. If you got LeBron on your team, you have to win now. So if, if you were looking toward the future, then you need to let, you should have let LeBron walk instead of giving him that extension. So I don't know. I don't really know what's going on in LA anymore. Uh, they, they seem to be, completely confused about how to put together an NBA roster. Well, it's definitely frustrating. That's for sure uh, for him. And, again, you could hear it in his voice. Uh, <coughs> that was an interview with Michael Wilbon, by the way, on ESPN. And, uh, like I said, just uh, you know. You know they're frustrated over there in L.A. Uh, I got to bring this up to you, dude. And while we're talking about LeBron, I know we're going from point to point to point, but I do want to bring it. Did you see Charles Barkley's uh, top ten list? Um, I vaguely, yes. Uh, his all-time list. Hold on. Let me get this pulled up here. I meant to send it to you. Dog on it, and I didn't. But I can, I'll, I'll just get your reaction over the air here uh, to what you think about uh, his top ten. And, of course, I can't find it. Ugh, this is so frustrating, man. Uh, we're there actually, it is. You see it? Okay, you tell me then, dude. Uh, his top ten list. I know, dude. He didn't have LeBron in his top five. No, he got him seventh. Dude, did I um, or did I send? I did send it to you, didn't I? No, I just pulled it up. Okay, I had seen it on my Twitter feed, and it's about what I expected. Um, you know, I, the reality of it is, I think he's got LeBron too low. I mean, let's say call it what it is. Um, but other than that, you can't really argue with too much of it. Well, go ahead. I, mean, I, can, I don't know why it is, dude. Like I said, dude, I swear I took a screenshot of it yesterday, and now I can't find it anywhere. So I, I'll let you let everybody know. Charles Barkley's do it from ten to one. You know how I like to do the Casey Case, yeah. You know, top ten for 10, ten to one. Ten to one. Yep. Uh, Jerry West is ten, according to Barkley. Yep. Akeem Olajuwon is nine. Tim Duncan's eight. LeBron is seventh. Kobe Bryant is sixth. Bill Russell is fifth. Kareem is fourth. Will Chamberlain third, Oscar Robinson second, and Michael Jordan number one. I mean, like I said, you can make some arguments about moving guys around a little bit, but the reality of it is eight of those are probably going to be in your top ten if you know anything about basketball anyway. I mean, the order might be a little bit different. Uh, mine would be. Obviously, we had this discussion on a previous podcast, I mean, a previous radio show, so uh, I think he's got Kareem too low and Will too high and Kobe too high and LeBron too low. Uh, but the rest of it, you can you can make arguments for all that. Exactly. And, but I'm not a LeBron fan at all, dude. I mean, we, we've talked about it. I mean, I respect him. It's it's 
kind of – I don't want people to think I'm a Michael Jordan stan either because I didn't like MJ when he was in the league. But you know what? I begrudgingly respect him and realize he's number one. Dude, and that's kind of how I feel about uh, LeBron. He's If he's not Same. number two – He's definitely in the top three, and with him yeah, now, yeah, he, he's on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, he's absolutely. on the Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. There's no question. Well, with what he's about to do, uh, I mean, I'm going to be tuned in. I want to see him when he scores that that point that puts him above uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for uh, all-time leading scorer. And dude, here's what's crazy. I mean, if he stays healthy, uh, he's going to he's going to be uh, breaking that. Uh, or, you know, breaking that at, uh, you know, what, probably in the next couple of games, I think he's like 48 points off or something like that. He's in that neighborhood. Dude, he's still, got, he's still one of the top 10 players in the NBA. I mean, when Kareem was, you know, scoring his final, I don't know, 500, 600 points in his career, dude, he wasn't in the top half of centers in the NBA. We're talking about LeBron legitimately, in my opinion, Rich, could play another, help me out here, five years? Six years? Uh, that might be a push. Okay. But okay. At, least, at least two or three. At, at, least, at a high you would level. Think. At a high level. Yeah, though. at a high level. And, and you're right. He could probably play five and not be effective at six, four, five, and six. Um, but allow me to retort a little bit on this. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, LeBron did this because he could come from high school. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is currently number one, and he'll pass shortly, didn't even get to play college basketball as a freshman. Then won three straight national championships because there was no hardship to come out early. You take those four years and give them to Kareem, where's that record at? Wow, yeah. So he was being held back by the, well, let's call it what it is, the greed of people that ran NCAA. Yeah. And they even went so far as to put rules in that he couldn't dunk the ball. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> they widened the, mean, lane. Didn't they widen the lane because of him, too, or was that Will? Well, they widened the lane for Will, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, again, I mean, think about the context of that. That is the most insane thing I've ever heard. We got this guy that's unbelievable, but we want these other guys. You know, I could put my aluminum tin, my aluminum foil hat on and, and get into why I think they really put three-point line in, but I won't do that wrong with this, on this outlet. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but yeah, that that is um, just remember that about Kareem. He had four years that let's be under, let's underestimate. He would average twenty at least over seventy games. So where's the number? Where's that record now? Wow. Uh, if he could have wow. those years, yeah, dude, I hadn't thought about that. Listen, Jason, yeah. Jason Bryant sent you a good question about LeBron that I want to ask you. He said. As far as championships go, do you think, talking about you, Rich, do you think uh, LeBron underachieved? Probably not. First of all, he got to all those Eastern Conference finals where they were they made it to the NBA finals because at that particular moment, the East was weak. However, um, he lost one that he probably should have won, um, that one where he choked against Dallas and looked awful doing it. Um, but he also won one that he probably should have lost that one where Ray Allen hits the three. Yeah. So I'm not sure that he's probably about where he should be because, you know, against the Warriors, he, he legitimately went out there and won that one that he got from them. Those other two, he lost to them. They, they were, they were the inferior team. So particularly that one year when Durant was there. So I, I think he's probably about where he should be. Um, you could make an argument that he could have made one, one more or lost one more, and I wouldn't be offended either way. 
Well, three and six. Again. Go ahead. Again, LeBron is an all-time great. I, we, we get caught up in things. Do you realize he's – I think – I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think he's fifth all-time in assists. God. Yeah, come on, man. I mean, yeah, longevity's got something to do with this. But at the end of the day, he's been productive his entire career. Extremely productive. Yeah. Um, and we could pick nitpick all these other things. And I'm like you. I'm not a LeBron fan. But he's one of the top three players of all time, period. Wow. Dude, in fact, you encouraged me while you were talking there. Dude, you were low. He's fourth all time in assists. There you go. There you go. Say. Dude, this is where I like to go. You're, you're either going to impress everybody or you're going to be mad at me that I, I ask you this. But who are, who, are <laughs> one, who are one through three in assists? LeBron is fourth. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. You know well, who it's gonna is. be. Yeah, it's going to be Stockton. Yep. Magic and Oscar? Uh, no, Magic is seven. Oscar is Ooh. eight. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Two? Dude, I would not have gotten this if you'd given me multiple choice, I don't think. I mean, not that he's not, it wasn't a great player, but dude, Jason Kidd, second, oh, wow. all time in a You know what? I should have known that. I should have known that. Well, I didn't, dude. I mean, I had no idea. But uh, third, still active. Wow. Really? No, 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 no. The third place is still active. Right. Chris Paul. Uh, the longevity there as well. There you go. That makes sense. Uh, and I'll just do the rest of the top ten. Uh, LeBron fourth, uh, Steve Nash fifth, uh, Mark Jackson sixth. Mark Jackson? Mark Jackson. Wow. <laughs> wow. Good Lord. Come on, man. Uh, Magic seventh. But, dude, uh, all you got to do is look at games here. He only played 906 games as compared, like, to LeBron, who's got 1,409, and even Stockton was 1,504. I wonder if they've got it per. I, I'll say this. Um, of all LeBron's records, to me, the most impressive one is his minutes played. Yeah. Because it is absolutely insane. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I got it, it right. It, got it right here as of right now, fifty three thousand seven hundred and seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a big number. That's a really, really big number. So I think his dur in, in much the same way we um, we laud uh, Cal Ripken. I think you should do the same with LeBron. That is a real the physical beating he takes. Not nearly what it would have been if he played in the nineties, but that's irrelevant. It's what the game is. But to show up every day, like I've always said, availability is the best ability. Ooh, ooh, dude. That made me tingly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he's third in minutes played. I, you, you'll get the first two. One and two, who, do you, who are they? Are they Cream and Carl? There you go, dude. Look at you, man. One and two. Dirk Nowitzki, fourth all-time in uh, minutes played? Go. Dude? Yep. Wow, Kevin Garnett yep. fifth, uh, Jason Kidd sixth, Elvin yeah, Elvin Hayes seventh. Studs across the board, right? Uh, no, dude, Elvin Hayes played exactly fifty thousand minutes, not fifty thousand and one. He played fifty. <laughs> so how cool is that, dude? Elvin Big E. There you go. Kobe eighth, uh, Wilt Chamberlain ninth, and John Stockton tenth. So wow, I would never have got Kobe. I would have never yeah, guessed that. Me either. Wow. Me either. Uh, but, uh, 48,643, but man, uh, dude, I love stats, man. And I know you do too. Let's see. Uh, I thought he may be up there in rebounds too, but dude, he's not LeBron is not no. top. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, dude, number 32 right now 
all time and uh rebounds. Hey, you'll love this dude. He's behind who who is he who does he pass next? Jack Sigma. Jack Sigma. <laughs> I love Jack. Jack played on that. I did too, man. I, I saw Jack play when I was a kid against the Bullets back then. Um fantastic team they had back then in Seattle. Who I hope they get a new team soon. Yeah. Oh, and I think they are with uh, expansion. That's a, a topic you and I can talk about sometime in the next couple of weeks. Maybe that'll be an off-season topic since we've got all this right. other great stuff going on. But uh, since we talked last, uh, Brandon is back. Uh, he yeah. uh, came back and, well, I, I guess well, I guess he, he had played a game uh, the last time we talked. But, dude, <laughs> it sure didn't take him long, did it? Uh, what, Saturday night, 35 points, almost has a triple-double uh helps uh, helps lead them to the win they lost 10 in a row they've now won two in a row uh now he only played in the saturday game he didn't play in the sunday game but i tell you what it did you said it here on the show last week too you knew it was going to take a couple of games for him to round back into shape but uh the the old brandon back and on display uh in saturday's game dude he actually he he started in the uh game prior to that yeah and in the second half, you could kind of see him when they made a small comeback. I think it was maybe Denver. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember. But anyway, he started playing and hitting some shots at that. And against the Lakers, he hit a ton of big shots, just an absolute ton of tough shots to to get there. So hopefully he's back. Um, I guess they're sitting in for load management, I guess. Yeah, that's what I think um, too. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It seems a little redundant to me, but. Um, you know, because they need to win some games. You know, they're right there for the play-in now. Yeah. So they need to start winning some games. But you've made a point of this all season, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but you've made a point of this all season. Dude, all you got to do is look at the Western Conference, man. And then between third-place Sacramento and, yeah. dude, oh, my God, dude, I'm going to go all the way down to 13th-place Los That's Angeles. Right. They're separated by five-and-a-half games, dude. I mean, That's 10 right. positions. So, dude, if you have a little bit of a hot streak, if you were able to string together, let's even say seven or eight wins in a row, dude, you're you're in third place in the in the Western Conference. Dude, heck, maybe even second place. I don't know if you're catching Denver, but, dude, it's in your hands right now, like you said. Yeah, you, you get, but you got to string some wins together. I mean, I mean, at this point, this is when it matters. Going into, going into late February, um, you got to start winning some games to put some some distance. You don't want to be in that playing game. Yeah, uh, you want to you want to at least get up there. Ideally, you get up into the top four, so you at least got a home court. Um, so they they need to win some games, and I guess I guess you can make the argument that health is the is the main priority, especially given Zion's situation. But they fell so far so fast that they really need to string some games together, really for confidence as much as anything else. Well, it was, uh, you know, one of those neat little stats that the little hometown TV does. It was on, uh, I guess it was on New Orleans feed, but when they lost that 10 games in a row, it was something crazy that uh, it was the first time in five. You probably saw because you watch all the league pass games anyway, but it was the first time in five years that a team over 500 had lost 10 games, but were still at 500 or something, something insane <laughs> like that. Well, you know, dude, you get, Hey, you know, better than anybody. You can take numbers and make anything out of, uh, out of numbers to back up your case or make your team look better or whatever. And I just thought that was a very interesting stat that and maybe it was nine losses in a row. It was before they lost that 10th game in a row. 
uh, which may it put them right at 500, but it was the first time in five years that a team that was that far above 500 had lost that many games in a row. Well, what do you think? Uh, I mean, dude, we are right on the verge of hopefully Zion coming back. Brandon's working himself back into shape. What does this mean for New Orleans, dude? You know, oddly, it might work to their favor in the sense that the guys that were playing when Zion and Brandon were out will now understand that they're not the they're not the guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so maybe this helps your shot chart hierarchy, which in my personal opinion is the number one thing in the NBA. It's actually in basketball. You have to have a shot chart hierarchy where your shots are going to be taken by guys that are supposed to be taken. You can't have some rando taking 15 shots in the middle of a <laughs> playoff game. You just can't. I mean, you see it in, these, in college all the time. And you're like, why is this guy shooting? When you got this first round this lottery pick standing over there, and then you got this senior taking threes from, you know, wherever. Uh, hint, hint at Carolina. <laughs> Dude. But anyway. I, well, we're going to have that. It's ironic you bring it up. Well, of course, we're not going to ask him, but we're going to have Don Trez on uh, with our Tuesdays with Trez to kick off our second hour here in a few minutes. But, uh, yeah, dude. But, that, but, dude, that was mostly a Dean Smith thing. He always – dude, he, that's why – well, I mean, Jerry was going to leave anyway after his sophomore year. But uh, that was one of the things that really led to him leaving and Rasheed Wallace leaving was that, uh, listen, Dean was going to get his uh, his seniors there – their minutes and their shots and everything. He didn't, I mean, not that he didn't care for his freshmen and sophomores, but if there's one thing that I did respect about Dean Smith, it was that he always got his seniors, their shots and minutes, right? Well, just to, I guess I'll go on and throw this Stephen A. Smith hot take out here. <laughs> so I watched, I take, I think I texted you actually. I watched Virginia and Carolina from 84 play the other yes, day, right? Yes, you did, you did. And first of all, you're, it's, Stunning that everybody is standing in free throw line down, all ten players. Yeah, when they're running offense, it's, a, it's stunning to see that. But I also started look questioning stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> I wish sure Dean Smith was a good coach. I couldn't believe you sent me that, but but dude, Man. that is something that had been whispered around. I mean, dude, for years. I mean, dude, to have the talent. Other than that UCLA run, and that is what it is, what, until 74, until 75, Dean Smith had the best, dude, the absolute best talent in America from 75 up until he retired in what? Help me here, 97? Was it? Yeah, like So for two decades, Richard Clark, he had year in and year out the best talent in America and pulled what? Two national championships out of that? Come on, man. I I, I watched that game, and they were trying to hold the ball. And this is a post-Ralph Sampson Virginia team. And they're trying to hold the ball, and he's not – Kenny Smith wasn't the main ball handler. Wow. And you're, and, and they're, they're just turning the ball over, and Virginia got back in the game, and you're just like, really? Is this really <laughs> what you're doing? And you were blowing their doors off. Uh, well, it dude, just got me to question well, it. You're talking about that 84 season too, Rich. And, yes, now James Worthy had already left, right? Didn't he? Yep. Yeah, this, he was, this was Kenny Smith and Brad Daugherty's freshman year. Okay, but Jordan was still there. Jordan's a junior that Jordan, year. Jordan Perkins, Matt Daugherty, <laughs> excuse me, Kenny Smith, who, who in all in, in Dean's defense had a cast on his left hand. Yeah. Remember, he got taken oh, yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Brad uh, Doherty were the starting five, the five on the court. And they had Steve Hale and 
I think Joe Wolf was coming off the bench, but I'm not positive about that. Well, I'll still stand. Virginia, by. Virginia had Tim Mullen out there and Jim Miller and <laughs> Olden Polonese, Olden Polonese, and Othell Wilson, who was honestly, uh, this is heresy to even say this. Othell was the best player on the court for a while in that wow. game. Wow. I know, go figure. But when you talk, dude, I don't have to tell you, you're a Virginia native yourself, dude. But, you know, there's people who say the same thing about Terry Holland, you know, uh, that, you know, he, how can you not win when you talk about, I don't even think it's arguable that uh, he's the best center. Ralph Sampson's the best center in the history of the ACC. And I mean, yeah, there are people, I mean, I guess, see, I never considered Tim Duncan a center, though. I really didn't. I mean, I know he played at the five some, but he was always more of that kind of a passing power forward uh so i mean i wouldn't consider him that brad darty definitely not uh what wasn't in samson's class but dude you know growing up in virginia yourself there were people that always took shots at terry holland said hey how do you know dude he never even won an acc tournament let alone an ncaa tournament made it to the final four twice yeah or uh no only once only made it to the final four once in 82 when they lost to carolina when carolina won the national championship it, and I love Terry Holland, especially. I guess you've heard, you know, he's uh, yeah, not doing well. Yeah, I believe it's AL. If is it ALS or is it dementia? Oh wow, I did not know that. Oh, oh wow, that's tough. well, he is now at home. That's what they're saying. I mean, he's not in hospice, but he's at home. It's either ALS or it's uh, dementia. And they got one last picture before the season started. Uh, before, before the, you know, before the decline well, with him and well, I just want to say with him and Tony Bennett, they wanted to get one last picture, and you can even, dude, you can tell, even in. A still photo, you can tell, dude. You know. Well, in Terry Howell's defense, and I do remember all of what you oh, just yeah. said about his coaching, and I myself was questioning some of it. But now that we have, we got hindsight and we got a bigger picture. I'm not so certain that that's the case. You look at what Virginia was before he got there. Nothing. Yeah. So you know, and then they were in the hunt for all the years he was there, just about, and. So you put all that in perspective over time and you go, well, wait a minute, maybe it wasn't that bad. So, you know, you, you do the same case you made for Dean. You can make the opposite for Terry Holland. He did not have that kind of talent. Well, now he had he a little run there. Years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he had a little run from probably Ralph's probably his freshman year to about three or four years after that. Because the Miller class and Mullen, they were supposed to be really good players. Well, dude, Polonese was the number one center in America His when he was recruited. I remember because I was, you know, religiously a Virginia fan at that time. And when they recruited Olden Polonese, he was the number one center prospect in high school when they got him. And I remember people saying, now you're going to chuckle at this. Well, hell, you lived through it too. You remember too. But them saying that, hey, here comes the next Samson. He may not be 7'4", but Olden Polonese is going to be, uh, you know, a dominant center in college and professional basketball for the next 10, 12 years. And, uh, well, I mean, he was a solid player, but he, he wasn't what he was projected to be, though, was he? Probably not quite, but comparatively speaking, he he outclassed all the rest of them. Jim Miller was a high school All-American. Yeah. Oh, I know. And and he was terrible by the time he left there. I mean, terrible is probably strong, but he wasn't good. 
Tim Mullen was a high school All-American. And he was he was never good. How about this, though, dude? Get ready to uh, chuckle your butt off here. But how about Buzz Peterson being the number one player in the state of North Carolina <laughs> the same year Jordan was a senior in high school? Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> but, again, the people that pick that stuff, I'm not sure they actually watch basketball. I mean, yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. beat Brandon out. I so know. tell you all you need to know. I know, dude. And you remember, I got it not in trouble, but uh, I wrote that. You were editing us then, editing us then. And I wrote that and put it in the paper, and it went out on social media. And then I got a coach from the Trinity coach, uh, the Fayetteville Trinity coach, Dennis Smith's uh, coach, who was, like, uh, who, who was pretty upset with me and almost didn't come to the Holiday Invitational the next year because of what I wrote. Do you remember that whole mess? I don't, but, yeah. you know, whatever, man. Yeah, I got a – you know our good friend Bill Sewell. I got a uh, a pretty pointed call from him saying, uh, what in the hell are you writing here? You're, you're – we may not have Dennis Smith next year because of what you wrote here, but I <clears throat> I did call, and uh, I wouldn't say I apologize, but I said, you know, this was my opinion, and blah, blah, blah. Please don't hold it against the holiday invitational. So he did come the next year, I guess, is the, uh, the good end of the story for that, okay? Yeah, see that, that that's where you get into the into the weeds on uh, business and journalism. I mean, I it was know. a column. That's what it's supposed to be, and you know, yeah, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And you yeah. were, and in my opinion, you weren't wrong. Oh no, I know I was wrong because he was a junior. If I remember, yeah, he was a junior, and Brandon was a senior that year, and. Do what you want to do, man. Brandon was a, he was the best player in the state of North Carolina as a senior. Absolutely. Hell, he, and it was, wasn't close, I don't think. Well, I, when you looked at all the rankings, and I know we were just taking a shot at rankings a moment ago, but when you looked at all the rankings, they by the end of his senior year, everybody had Brandon in the top five nationally. And well, uh, Dennis Smith was barely top 20 nationally. And then these voters, I don't know if it was just anti-Kinston sentiment because they had won so many championships to that point. I don't know what the reasoning was, but – I still, I do still stand by that. I mean, I probably, I, I would. Yeah, I don't think I called him a bum or anything. I just no, no, no. said that, hey, Brandon as a senior is better than Dennis Smith as a junior. I'll say this, uh, and and I'll be the one to get in hot water on this. Well, in my opinion, yeah. and 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 this is my just my opinion. Um, and I'm just talking about on the court. I'm not, I don't know anything about any of these people off the court. Okay, let's so we clarify. But in my opinion, Dennis Smith Jr. rank is, is the epitome of what's wrong with basket, youth basketball today. you got guys that clearly are really talented, especially a talented with the ball in their hands one-on-one, but have no idea how to play with anybody else. Yeah, No idea. And you see this now playing out for him. He's been traded how many times now? Uh, three and times you know, at least. At least. And and how many colleges did he go to? I don't even. So, know. I mean, at, at least two that I know of. <laughs> well, he so got, that, in, he got NC point. State in trouble recruiting wise, if you remember that. I mean, yeah. for yeah. whatever money that they sent uh, over there. But dude, he I know, dude, you're a league pass guy. I mean, he's actually playing all right for the Hornets right now. He, he's he's a again. He can go get buckets because he can play with the ball in his hands. But it, that right there is what's wrong with this entire – look, there's a whole lot that is right with this generation. Let me say that first, okay? They're, they're, the skill level with these kids today far exceeds anything that we ever had. And we can sit and act all old-time curmudgingly and whatever 
But at the end of the day, they are far more talented with the ball. The big difference is they can't play together because they've had these years of AAU and transferring from high school to high school, and they got this personal coach that teach them how to do the step back and the Euro step, but he didn't teach them how to throw an entry pass. Yeah. Um, and or that's how really play, what, or how to play with other teammates. Well, yeah, or how to play team defense. Yeah. I mean, you see it all the time. I watch Carolina, and I'm not even sure they know what defense is. Oh, don't even get me started on that, dude. Listen, we got to wrap it here, dude. Uh, Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. And I don't know where, where you're here. Go ahead, dude. Where, where's, um, is Don Trav going to stay there for you? Get that I, story for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would violate uh, NCAA, uh, this NIL, for us to talk about him potentially transferring anywhere else. But uh, I'll see what I can find out, okay? <laughs> so we don't want to get anybody in trouble, so he's staying put. We absolutely don't want to. Listen, thank you so much, Rich. All right, have a good day. There you go. That's the end of our first hour. Coming up here in our second hour, Jacques Passeleg, Dontrez Styles.